You are listening to the Your Shining Self podcast for women who need messages of hope, love, and transformation. And now, your host, Tish. Today, I am so excited to have Jess Kennedy here with me. Jess, before we jump into our topic today, will you take a couple minutes to tell my listeners a little about who you are and what makes you tick? Sure. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Um, Well, I am a certified health and life coach, and in my coaching practice, I really get passionate about helping women who aren't totally satisfied with their lives, um, get them focused on a vision for their life and a direction for their life. Um, I'm also a co-host of a podcast called Get It Together. Um, It's a self-help podcast that I started with a coach friend of mine. Um, We both noticed that the coaching community was pretty insular. Um, We're always kind of preaching to the choir. So we wanted to take some of those amazing things we've been learning and exploring and bring those to people who maybe aren't part of the health and wellness space like we are. Um, so that's my kind of fun stuff <laughs> in my day job. I work in digital marketing and I'm an experience analyst. So your listeners may or may not know what that is, but basically my day to day is looking for solutions and creating processes, um, really keeping people on track for our technology and our different products. So I kind of get to meld all the things I'm passionate about in my day job as well as my hobbies. <laughs> Well, thank you for explaining that because I didn't even know what that yeah. was. <laughs> Most people don't. <laughs> yeah, I did not. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that. Um, I could have used you in my life several years ago because I had like no direction for my life. Heck, I didn't even know like who I authentically was. Like mm. I was, well, we're going to jump into, you know, the yeah. conversation about sobriety and stuff, but. I'm talking back to like when I first, you know, went into AA, I was so lost, had no clue who I was. So I could have used you back then. (laughs) (laughs) I probably could have used me back then too. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Hindsight's kind of 2020, right? (laughs) For sure. It's been a journey. (laughs) Yeah. So today I'm super excited to get to chat with you about living a sober life. So I know when you submitted your information to be a guest that you said that you've been living a sober life for a little over a year. So it may be a little bit longer since you submitted that. Um, But I'm really interested in hearing like what it was like before you became sober. Were you, because like for me personally, I was an active alcoholic up until the point that I wasn't, meaning I was able to pretty much keep my life together Um, So I was still running my business. I was still, you know, hanging out with friends and family Mm -hmm. and doing all that. But there came the point where I was no longer that active alcoholic and I wasn't (laughs) functioning anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. So like you said, I've been uh, sober for a little, almost 14 months now. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. It's been really cool. Um, But beforehand, so I didn't start drinking until college. Um, and when I did start drinking, it's like the floodgates just opened up. Um, (laughs) everything became about alcohol. Celebrations were always around alcohol. Um, spending time with friends were always about alcohol. And I live in Austin, Texas, which if you don't know, pretty much you can do any sort of activity here and there's alcohol involved. I mean, they figure out a way to make it work. So 
you know, it's, it was really easy to make every occasion about drinking, even work and things like that. So I pretty quickly became a daily drinker. Um, now, you know, thinking about like, was I an alcoholic? Was I a binge drinker? You know, labels like that are a little bit more difficult to kind of parse out for people's different experiences. But what it came down to for me a little over a year ago was I just looked at drinking and if it was serving me and if it was serving my life. And the answer was definitely no. Um, I was, you know, hungover a lot. I was going into work hungover or skipping work altogether. Um, I was not having the relationship I wanted to have with my husband. I felt like sometimes we would get into fights we didn't need to get into, or I just wasn't as present for him as I wanted to be. Um, and I definitely felt like I was living a double life to some degree because I had my drinking life and then I had my professional life and I had my family life and those things were all, um, kind of separated. And so I just looked at all of those things. I looked at, you know, the hangovers, the feeling like I wasn't truly authentic and who I was and, you know, kind of asked myself, what am I really getting from alcohol? And the answer was really nothing. <laughs> I love that you shared that because I was, well, when I, I was a hot mess <laughs> when I went into AA and for me, hands down, there was absolutely no question if I was an alcoholic or was not an alcoholic, I was mm -hmm. a flat out yeah. alcoholic. <laughs> um, and I get that, you know, like I don't like labels, <laughs> right, so right. it was really hard like to kind of like pick up and accept that label. Mm -hmm. But like I said, I knew without a doubt that I was an alcoholic. I mean, there was just no question in my mind, but I love that you shared about that, you know, not labeling thing because everybody's experience is different. And, but I was so like naive when I went back or when I went into AA, like I was like, you are either an alcoholic or you are not. There is right. like no, you know, like in between. Um, but I love like what you just shared about, um, you know, for you, it was just a matter of looking at is, was alcohol serving you and the life that you wanted to live? Yeah. Because now that I've been, well, I've been sober for five and a half years, it'll be six years in March. So for wow, a long congratulations. time. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> um, but I mean, I literally take it one day at a time because, mm -hmm. you know, that's really all I have is today. Yeah. Um, so I you know, my opinions and things have obviously changed over the years as I've grown. Um, and I just totally lost my train of thought where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> so let me, um, so you said, you know, like everything had turned into like being able to have alcohol. And I so totally can relate to that. Mm -hmm. Like I played softball and that was all about, you know, alcohol. I did bowling. It was all about alcohol. Yeah. And I mean, literally everything I did in my life was so centered around alcohol that one of the things I was so concerned about, like when I decided to stop drinking was, oh my God, I don't even know how to live and do anything. You know, I was like, my life is going to suck. Nothing is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. And that obviously is not the case because I'm living an amazing life now without alcohol. Right. Um, and I was curious when you were talking, is your husband a drinker? He is. And, you know, I, for a long time, you know, I felt like I've got it, you know, I need to stop drinking. I need to stop drinking, but it really came down to 
I want to, I need to stop drinking when I'm ready and when I have the right reasons. And so we don't even have conversations about that. He, you know, it doesn't bother me if he drinks, but you know, certainly if he ever came to me and said, I want to stop drinking, I would be supportive. But um, yeah, for right now, it's still working for us that he, um, that he does drink at the house and stuff. So does it make it, is it a little bit more difficult for you having, you know, like the alcohol in the house or are you at the point where it doesn't even phase you anymore? I'm at the point where it doesn't phase me. And I know my experience is my experience and it's certainly different for everyone. But I would say the thing that's been the hardest with having a partner who also, who still drinks is that I felt, and especially in the beginning, but even still now, almost, or, you know, a little over a year later, there's that connection that we had when we drank together that I think was the thing I missed the most whenever I first quit. And it does create kind of a separation between you and other people, you know, to oh, some degree. Yeah. Um, and when it's your husband, that's really difficult. You know, we used to sit out in the patios on Saturdays and drink mimosas. And that was like our mimosa Saturday. That was what we would do. Um, and, you know, it wasn't like we'd have one or two mimosas. We would have mimosas for like eight hours. <laughs> um, so there is that kind of connection that we don't share. Of course, now we have different things that we share connection over. So, um, it's definitely changed our relationship, but I think it's changed it for the better. I've noticed his drinking has decreased since mine has decreased. And that's the case for all of my friends. You know, um, when I go out with girlfriends now, instead of putting away two bottles of wine or three bottles of wine, um, they might have a glass or two. And I, <laughs> I kind of joke about it with them. Like, I think I was the instigator. Like, I think I was the person <laughs> making everyone drink so much because, it feels like everyone's alcohol consumption has really reduced since I quit drinking. <laughs> well, that's awesome that yeah. you've you know, <laughs> been like that influence around others to um, kind of decrease their drinking. Cause in my case, that was not, you know, the case I actually, I lost quite a few of friends mm -hmm. and, you know, looking back now, I mean, I guess I can say that technically they really weren't friends if I lost right. them because I chose to, you know, seek help for my drinking problem and change mm -hmm. my life. Um, I'm sorry. We... Sorry. Um, so yeah, like looking back on that now, I'm like, well, yeah, they obviously really weren't, you know, real friends if I lost mm -hmm. them. Um, so I'm curious, like how, how has your life changed and how have you switched gears now that, you know, you're not drinking and you are living the sober life, have things gotten, well, obviously things have gotten better because you're not hungover anymore. And oh my gosh, I don't miss those days at no. all. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, well, I mean, hangovers are, were, were a huge thing. So I was at the point where hangovers for me were like three days long. Um, yeah. And part of what I've learned over the last year is I've really learned how to listen to my body and I know more about my body. So one thing that I didn't realize was those hangovers were actually partly migraines and I was getting migraines every week. I had no idea. Um, and so that's been a huge, huge change for me is that, you know, not only am I feeling better cause I'm not drinking, but I have been able to kind of get control over you know, an illness that I didn't know I had. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's been really, really huge. And then, you know, just noticing like other things in my body, like what kind of foods make me feel bad? What kind of foods make me feel good? Um, you know, those are some of the things that I didn't realize would change. Um, 
one of the things that has changed quite a bit and has changed my life, you know, financially and in my career has been that I'm just on like 90% of the time now. You know, I'm, um, I'm waking up ready for the day. I'm working out more. I'm, you know, I'm following the, the plans I set for myself on Sunday night. Like I'm actually following through with them. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I always had like the best laid plans on Sunday night. And then by Tuesday it was like, Oh, just give me a drink. And so, yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not spending my weekends like stuck in bed. Like my, I'm just getting so much more done and it's made a huge impact, not only in my business, but you know, in my, my finances, my career, my relationships, everything has just felt a lot more, um, you know, put together <laughs> for lack of a better term. I don't feel like a mess all the time. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm much more confident in who I'm portraying. I'm not trying juggle all of these different perceptions. I'm not trying to hide that I'm hungover or pretend that I didn't get drunk, you know, um, on a Sunday morning, you know, anything like that. I'm just, I'm who I am every single day. I'm not having to portray different people for different situations, which was something I really was struggling with. It was a lot to keep going and you have to juggle a lot when you're trying to manage perceptions. And I made the decision um, last year that I just didn't want to do that anymore. And so, you know, now I just am myself and, you know, I was really nervous when I first got sober to even tell people that I was doing this because I was worried they were going to think bad things about me or that I was irresponsible or, you know, you, a million things run through your head when you're getting sober. The self-talk becomes really intense. <laughs> I'm sure you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The things you tell yourself might happen if people know um, are just out of control. And so um, not having to manage that perception anymore. And now I'm just like, yeah, I don't drink. And people are always really surprised and they want to know why. And I'll give, you know, I'll tell them why. And so mm -hmm. I'm not hiding anymore. And that has been a really, really huge thing for me. Oh my gosh. I can so relate to that. I mean, yeah. like as we're talking, I'm just like having flashbacks to <laughs> I, it was exhausting, the life that I was living. Yes. I mean, I was, well, I was like pretending to be like three different people. I had, mm -hmm. you know, like church friends that I had to be one way when I hung out with them. You know, the good girl that doesn't have the potty mouth. I can swear mm -hmm. like a sailor. Oh, me too, girl. <laughs> I seriously, I want a t-shirt that says, I love Jesus and the F word. <laughs> Um, I'd buy one. <laughs> yeah, me too. Maybe I should make them. <laughs> but it was, I mean, it was on top of like all the drinking and like trying to, you know, function and get through a day with, you know, being drunk and then a, a hangover. Mm -hmm. Just, oh my gosh, trying to keep up the persona of who I was pretending to be based on the people that I was with. And right. I am so freaking glad I don't have to live like that anymore. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's incredibly freeing. And I think one of the reasons that I didn't get sober for so long was because like you kind of mentioned, you know, I'm wrapped, this is a persona I'm wrapped up in. Um, who am I if I'm not the girl who has mimosas? Who am I if I'm not Martini Jess? Like there were so many parts of my persona that were wrapped up around drinking and I was so afraid to let go of those pieces of myself. But the thing that I didn't realize was that those pieces were overtaking my life in a way that 
I wasn't in control of, you know, (laughs) um, the girl who sits and has, you know, all day Saturday brunch mimosas and then does it again on Sundays and then goes into work late on Monday because she's hungover from all her mimosas. Like, is that mimosa Jess? Is that so great? Um, (laughs) so I think for a long time I was really afraid of not being one of those people, but once I was able to kind of reframe who I was and I got to decide, that was really exciting for me. I don't know if you had a similar experience. Oh yeah. Well, cause like, I mean, I mentioned, I literally, I had no clue who I was yeah. because for so long I had lived, I felt like I was like literally an onion peeling layer mm-hmm. after layer after layer off. <laughs> and you know, like literally I was here, I was like, recreating my life, but yet just beginning to live my life, if that makes any sense. (laughs) Yeah, it totally does. It totally does. Yeah. Um, like I, you know, I first started drinking because I never, like, I never fit in the first time I ever had a drink of alcohol. I was in, oh my gosh, I don't know. I was 13. So what is that? Like sixth grade? I don't even remember, (laughs) but like, I just remember like all of a sudden, like just how that, alcohol just like warmed me. And like, all of a sudden I was like, Oh my God, I can say whatever I want. I can do whatever (laughs) I want. And then I didn't really drink until my senior year. Then my senior year got a little crazy, but when I went to college, that's like, I joke about it now, but I say that's literally when my drinking career started was college. (laughs) You know, suddenly you're free and hello, you can, you know, do whatever you want. Um, but I, like, I always thought of myself as, yeah, I'm so much fun when I drink. I'm the life of the party and people Mm -hmm. love me. Oh my gosh. Like my personality is, I'm just a loud person like already. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I think back to, oh God, I don't even know how people listen to me when I was drinking because I can only imagine like how much louder I was when I was, you know, (laughs) drinking and stuff. But, um, and not all of my drinking career was bad, but at the end, things got really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just to kind of share with you and the listeners a little bit, you know, in the end, before I finally admitted that I couldn't live like this anymore and I needed to get, you know, help, um, you know, my sister had to change pants because I had peed my pants, mm-hmm. um, you know, like blacking out and not knowing men that were in bed with me and how I got mm-hmm. home and how I got here and how I got there. And I'm just like, oh, I'm just so thankful that I don't live my life like that anymore because life is so amazing when we like finally just like get our shit together, right? <laughs> you no, know, and just embrace who we are and choose to make our lives different. So I just love, I just love my life now as a sober person. Like it's just amazing. It is. And thanks for sharing that. I think it's always really, um, hard to be vulnerable about your story. And so I appreciate you sharing that. Mine was very similar. You know, I was losing a lot of time. Um, Mm -hmm. I was blacking out a lot. And so it's when you step back and you look at yourself that way and you say, okay, I was, who was in control here? Yeah. You know, it wasn't me. It was alcohol. Um, it's really scary. And I think a lot of people have those realizations and they keep having them over and over. And at some point you're like, okay, 
I get it. It's a sign. <laughs> I need to quit drinking. Um, so I think the more we share our stories and the, the more we're able to realize that like, hey, it's not this like super shameful thing that makes you a complete other. I think a lot of people deal with this. And I think especially women, um, yes. a lot of women, and we don't talk about it and we normalize it. You know, we've got, you know, mommy juice, which is, you know, wine in a sippy cup. And we, yep. <laughs> we make jokes about needing a drink. And I think the culture we live in right now has normalized alcohol in such a strange way that I think in a few years and maybe, you know, I think we're kind of on the cusp of that changing, but until we're able to really be vulnerable and talk about these things with each other, we're still going to be living in the shadows, so to speak. And, and, you know, it, it doesn't serve anyone else who needs this help. Yes. I love that you said that about, you know, being vulnerable and sharing our stories because that is so important. And that's a part of the reason that I have started to open up and share my story because Mm -hmm. Um, I have found that when I am bold and brave and willing to be vulnerable and authentic and share, you know, like the struggles that I've went through, like it's giving others around me permission to be like, hey, maybe I need to check this or that in my life. Hey, you know, can I talk to you? I think I'm struggling with drinking or I just, I, it's like a domino effect. I love that you know, just by me being vulnerable and sharing my story, it just, you know, has let others, you know, come forward. And just, I love like building this tribe of women that instead of the normal, you know, we're cutting each other down, like we're Mm -hmm. lifting each other up and like patting each other on the backs. Like that's so important for me. Absolutely. Um, so one other thing, oh my gosh, I could like literally talk to you (laughs) about this all day long because it is such a huge thing. Um, and like how you had mentioned, you know, about like society has kind of like normalized drinking. It Mm -hmm. so is like, it just amazes me. Like, I mean, like I, in part, I struggle because like, I see, you know, memes on Facebook about, you know, the moms that, you know, are joking about putting the wine in the sippy cups and stuff. And I'm like, gosh, you know, like my son is 21. So he's older and he was, you know, older when my drinking got really bad. So it was never putting, you know, drink in a sippy cup. And I'm just (laughs) like, my gosh, you know, here we are like sharing stuff like that just because it's like so normal and, I know women that have done it. Like, (laughs) I was like, guys, this is not normal. No, I don't. It's just, it's crazy. Um, But one thing that I wanted to ask you about was, oh, and really quick too, sorry, I wanted to mention this. The reason that I wanted to chat with you was because I do think it's so important if there's anybody listening right now and you, you know, are struggling with drinking, but you don't think you're an alcoholic and you don't want to label yourself that's why it was so important for me to talk with you just today, because I don't want people to feel like they have to label themselves as an alcoholic. As you already mentioned, you know, earlier in the conversation, each one of us has a completely different experience, Mm -hmm. but yet it's a similar experience because it's, you know, revolved around alcohol. Um, But it was just really important for me to, you know, share your story with my listeners to let them know that, hey, you can have a drinking problem, but not be an alcoholic like I am. So it was really important, you know, that you shared that. So I really appreciate you 
taking the time out to share your story about that. Of course. Yeah. And, you know, I think too, looking at the, the label of like having an alcohol problem, sometimes if that makes you so uncomfortable that you can't even address it, look at it differently as like, what is, is this drinking alcohol? Oh, sorry. Is this drinking problematic? You know, mm-hmm. and that can be a, a reframe that helps you be honest with yourself. Because I think sometimes we get so scared of labels that we aren't even able to face it. And so just a quick reframe of how you even word it can make a huge difference. Yeah, I love that. Um, And really quick before we end the call, um, one of the things that you had mentioned was you were selected to lead a session called Sober Curious in a Boozy World. So will you tell our listeners a little bit I wasn't familiar. I'm assuming it's a conference that you're going to, that you're going to be leading, but would you take a couple minutes to just tell our listeners a little about that? Sure. So South by Southwest is a yearly conference in Austin, Texas. It has multiple pieces of it. It's got film, music, um, interactive, and one of the smaller pieces of it, but is growing, um, is actually a free part of the conference, which is the Wellness Expo. And they have panels, they have um, presentations, there's booths. It's a really cool experience. It's all weekend long, and you can go listen to people talk about different topics. And so this year, I I proposed a panel on what is sobriety and what is, you know, what is it like to live in a sober or sober curious state in a boozy world? So obviously we're surrounded by alcohol all the time. Um, but I wanted a place for people who are interested in becoming sober or semi-sober. I think there's space for that as well for saying, you know, i want to change my drinking. I'm not necessarily a teetotaler. Um, and so I put people on the panel who, I are all either teetotaler, like do not drink at all, or don't drink for health reasons, or they drink sometimes. I wanted to have an array of different experiences so that we could have an honest conversation about alcohol that isn't just focused on complete abstinence. Um, I think there's room for all of these conversations. And like you said, making sure that people get to tell their story. So that's going to be in March in Austin, Texas. It's a free event. Um, It's part of the South by Southwest conference. And so it's actually going to be two events. Um, We're doing two meetups, one with one set of speakers and one with another set of speakers. And I don't have the actual dates on those yet, but um, it is in March, 2020. So I'm really excited about it. And I hope that some of your listeners come out for it. I'm excited about that. I wish I was closer to Texas because I totally would come check that out. (laughs) Um, And I think that's like something too really quick. I know I keep getting like sidetracked and want to talk more. Um, It's because I'm so passionate about it. But I attend, you know, some business conferences each year. And um, like I'm at the stage where it doesn't really bother me to be around, you know, alcohol and stuff. So Mm -hmm. that's not you know, that's not an issue for me, but, um, so many times, like, I wish that business conferences would offer, like, I don't know, like have something available that, you know, wasn't, I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but like something for people that don't want to partake in drinking and (laughs) at a conference that I was recently at put on by one of my really good friends who is also my business coach, Um, She does this huge, fun, themed party on Saturday night of the event every year, and I love it, but I, you know, I only go for a little bit, and then I'm like, okay, you know, I 
like it doesn't bother me to be around the alcohol, but at a point I'm like, yeah, I don't care to be around it. Yeah. <laughs> so I wish that like more conferences would bring in like something that doesn't revolve like around alcohol. Like I think that would be really cool. Yeah. And I think that's a good point. I mean, there's definitely a lack of even just beverages for people who don't drink. Um, I was in my honeymoon this, this summer in Ireland and it's certainly like a really heavy drinking culture, but I was at these bars and these pubs with my husband and there was nothing for me to drink. You know, (laughs) I would have a diet Coke at every place we went to. And it got me really thinking about how even in Austin, which I feel like it's a really heavy drinking culture, but I think we're also really um, healthy culture here. Mm -hmm. We don't have a lot of mocktail options or anything for people other than like water and sodas. And so that's part of what I want to think about too with this panel is how can I be more thoughtful about people who don't drink in my social circle. So one thing that my friends have been doing, because one of my friends is semi-sober, um, every time we have parties, we make sure that there is a mocktail, a signature mm-hmm. mocktail or something that they can have fun with because you don't want to be excluding people or make them feel uncomfortable or like that their lifestyle doesn't matter to you. And so that's a huge piece of it too, is just making sure that alcohol isn't the focus every time you're joining with people, especially at things like conferences where really the whole point is connection. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely didn't mean it to sound like I'm going to have to tell my business coach, I was not bashing on this at all because I love your conference. Um, It was just because I had just been there recently, you know, Mm -hmm. that it had popped into my head that, um, you know, just so often I hear of, you know, conferences and I've had conversation with a couple other people who are like, you know, I just wish that there was something that I could do that didn't, you know, involve like all the drinking and stuff. So Mm -hmm. I think it's just, you know, like you said, it's so important to, um, just not exclude anybody. So yeah, yeah, I like that, which, you know, that can turn into a whole nother conversation (laughs) (laughs) for sure. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jess. This has been such a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. And I so appreciate you taking the time out of your day to join me. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I could literally talk about this all day too. So anytime. Well, maybe we'll have to have another conversation in the future then. (laughs) That would be great. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. That's a wrap for today's episode of the Your Shining Self podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a comment, and share with others that need a message of hope, love, and transformation.